0: Welcome to this monologue episode on dialing down the criticism. And is there really constructive criticism? I'm going to really get into that. And before I do, I would like to, one, thank those of you that have supported the, the podcast. I really appreciate it. As I've said before, I've got a production team that is so professional and diligent, really helping to bring this out to you free. And it takes many hours and many dollars, as I said. So those of you that are inclined to support the podcast, you can visit the support the podcast page on heartsharecounseling.com. On the show notes, it has hyperlinks of how to support the podcast page also. And I also want to mention, again, a workshop that my wife and I are doing in April We give this workshop a few times a year here in Asheville, North Carolina, The Power of Appreciation for Couples. This next one is Saturday, April 27th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's a fantastic workshop. Um, It will cover many skills on the subject of appreciation and will also focus on fundamental processes about changing the habit of the mind from scanning the environment for your partner's mistakes and then correcting them to scanning the environment for what your partner is doing right in a loving and appreciative manner. You know, heartfelt appreciations of your partner is the quickest way to enhance the flow of positive energy in your relationship. And for people in committed relationship, appreciating is an especially valuable skill to master. A few of us, however, have had any training in it or were so grossly out of practice that we often fear taking the initial steps, or sometimes there's just way too much resentment in our relationships that are blocking our desires for these attempts. Appreciating is an act of art that can be learned, and I will say it is one of the best ways to combat criticism. So that's a segue into what we're gonna be talking about. One reason why I thought of doing this episode today was I was walking, taking a long walk yesterday by myself, and I was just doing a check-in with myself of areas of my life that I, you know, really want to hone in and to fine tune, and, and this was definitely one of them. We all criticize. I'm no better than anybody else, even though I work every day with people with this aspect in their relationship of criticism and how detrimental it can be in relationships. I know that it creeps in into my life, and I was just walking and thinking that I do not want to even have subtle forms of criticism in my life, especially to my wife. She does not deserve it. Our relationship doesn't deserve it. Um, yeah, I wanna, I wanna master this. So this is one reason why I'm also gonna be talking about it today because it's a great reminder for me. So this is for you, Lovey, my wife. Um, I really want to keep putting attention on really dialing this down in our relationship. So I've heard the term constructive criticism throughout my life and I've come to understanding that I don't believe that there is any constructive criticism. I believe that there's constructive feedback, constructive complaints, but not constructive criticism. I think as much as possible, we got to wipe out criticism because criticism tries to find fault. It doesn't find solutions. That's not the focus of it. And in good relationships, people are good to each other, period. And when criticism is in there, people aren't good to each other. One definition or defining aspect of criticism is that it goes after the person's character, the personhood who they are. Being critical is not just focusing on somebody's actions and behaviors. Actually, it's more about being critical of who they are, right? Where complaint is a focus on somebody's behavior, their action, so that's a big distinction. So let me give you an example of what I think a criticism might be. Someone might say, why are you so forgetful? I hate that I always have to do the dishes when it's your turn. You just don't care and aren't reliable. See, that's focusing on somebody's character and their personhood. It's not talking about really the action and also putting a solution in. A constructive feedback or a constructive complaint would be, I'm really angry that you didn't do the dishes last night. That's what we agreed to do, to take turns. Would you please do it now? Do you see the difference? There is no name calling, there's no ambiguous judgments around being forgetful or being unreliable. It's just talking about the behavior. You know, I uh, especially hear that for men in relationships that they feel that they can't do anything right and that they're tired of being targeted for nagging and complaining and it's interesting because most of the women their responses are well if the guy would just pay attention then there would be no need for me to criticize so then of course it's common for couples to reach like an impasse where then each person kind of sees the other one as the problem and the only solution is if the other person changed you know the guy thinks that the woman stopped criticizing him and appreciate him more and she thinks that he needs to pay more attention and do what he says he's going to do without having to be constantly reminded but this habit of criticism it's hazardous to any relationship because nobody can survive a committed relationship if they feel more judged than appreciated or admired. There's no way the relationship will survive. That's a lot of what couples are coming to me, that there's an erosion after many years because there's been subtle or constant judgment and criticism. And like I've mentioned before, in John Gottman's Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse that he calls that detrimental to relationship, criticism is definitely one of the biggest. And I know many people also say, well, what's the difference about giving advice? Well, one is the person asking for advice. (laughs) Usually advice comes unsolicited. Also, advice usually doesn't have an emotional charge. It's not guised in judgment. That's what criticism is. So there's a big difference between advice giving, which also should be solicited, should be asked for, and criticism, which is guised with judgment, and the feeding of actually anger because criticism is an attack and critical judgmental thinking accumulates ammunition for those attacks. And the purpose of criticism is usually to prevent your partner from straying away from doing what you think is the right thing for him or her to do. It is like saying, I need to tell you what you're doing wrong because you don't see it. And I need to tell you so that you will take responsibility of what you're doing wrong. And I'll tell you, I have never seen anybody change their behavior when criticized. In reality, they disown responsibility when criticized. And if they change, it's usually very temporarily because it's a threat, because they feel threatened. And another role of criticism is to keep anger alive and available for exercising the control because anger is a habit and it is the habit of being critical that keeps anger warm and ready to go ahead and pop. So it is the habit of this critical thinking that leads to more thoughts of how your partner should change. It leads to what your partner should do. It has the contemptuous energy of I'm right. You're wrong. And this frequently shows up in my work with couples. A typical example of this is when I have had a couple that the wife feels her husband is very critical of her from the way she parks her car to how she disciplines their children, even the way that she expresses her wants. And over and over the message she gets is that she's not good enough. And of course, we can just reverse that from wife to husband. Both partners do this in relationships usually. Love does not survive critical judgments from a loved one. Ongoing critical judgment sends this message. Maybe I can love you if you would just shape up. Who wants to be in a relationship like that? to maybe get love if we would shape up and change because that's what the critical thinking is sending that message to the loved one. And some of the subtle ways that it shows up I know in my relationship, I know I'm critical in my wife constantly in this one area about her driving the car. (laughs) A lot of men do that. You know, I'm constantly telling her, hey, slow down, watch this. You're, You're not doing, put your signal on. That's ridiculous. My wife isn't a horrible driver at all. She's not a bad driver. She drives all the time and she does just well. I'm thinking that she's got to do it a certain way and I'm being critical. If I'm uncomfortable, I can say that. I can say something to the effect of, I'm feeling comfortable with the speed that you're driving. Could you please slow down? Again, that's a complaint. I don't need to be critical of everything that she's doing while she's driving. And one of the subtle criticisms I get from my wife is usually in the kitchen like uh, whenever I am chopping something up or slicing some tomatoes or she has a background as as a chef and and a cooking teacher and so she brings that into our relationship too much unsolicited advice that suggestions but it's telling me do you really want to cut that this way you know perhaps it would be better if it's cut in triangles or use this knife it's better to use this knife I didn't ask her what knife I should use. And unless I'm her sous chef, then you can tell me how to cut the tomatoes, but I'm not your sous chef. You know, we're not having a big fancy dinner party that I need help in. So on everyday uses, a lot of the time, I just wanna be left alone to cook the meal the way that I wanna cook it and the way that it's gonna look. Again, a lot of men kinda get this message that there's nothing that we can do right. So for both parties, lay off the little shit. Really watch There's stuff that you don't have to say to your partner and really start thinking about, are you being critical in your head about that? Are you looking at, at them and saying, why are they doing that? That's the wrong way of doing it. Or they always, or they never, right? Two big words when you know that you are using critical thinking, always and never. If you don't think that you're critical, there's one way to test that, and that would be on yourself. For instance, if you stub your toe, or if you do something wrong, is your self-talk like, damn, I was an idiot, I shouldn't have done that. That was stupid. When we're having these critical thoughts of ourselves, then we're definitely having critical thoughts of others. That's a big giveaway. So watch your own judgmental thinking and critical thinking. I know when I really dial down my inner critic, my external critic gets dialed down. It's a direct correlation. One interesting thing is to watch what I call judger type questions or learner type questions that I'm asking myself in my own mind. Am I saying, damn, but why didn't you do that? Right? That has a judger type quality to it. It's critical, and it's not really asking a question. I'm being critical of myself. Or I can have a more curious attitude and a learner-type attitude. I wonder why I'm doing this. Perhaps there is a better way that I can do this. That's a learner-type question. If you pay attention to your inner critic and switching it to more of softening and, of course, self-compassion, and learner type questions, then your outer critic is going to be dialed down greatly. You know, I mentioned before that, I played sports a lot of my life. When I was younger and all the way into my early 20s, when I played uh, college baseball, I never resonated with any coaches that were more motivating by being critical than they were motivating when they gave feedback and encouragement. I did not do well with coaches that just chewed my ass out when I made an error or didn't say anything to me and discipline me if I made an error, did something that wasn't up to par. It was so much better when I had a coach that actually gave me this feedback that encouraged me, that told me what the action was that I was doing that was detrimental and was more focused on the solution and positivity. For me, that's how I learned best. So I just cringe when I see coaches on TV or young people that are getting coached with, with, that are getting just chewed out in criticism. Boy, I bet you that person comes home and they chew the shit out of their wife. I think that needs to be eliminated totally in our society. Even in work environments, I really excelled well when I had bosses and leadership that were not critical of me that gave me very good feedback, not constructive criticism. Again, I don't believe, when we use that word criticism, constructive feedback. That's when I was really motivated. They can tell me, especially what I was doing that was positive, that was beneficial, and then they can focus on some things that I could do better, that I could put attention to, that perhaps need changed. That opened me up to want to be able to take that feedback in to change because also I was acknowledged and recognized for what I've already done. That's what we need to do in relationships and that's why appreciation is such a wonderful part to be able to feed that part of the relationship so it could take the challenging feedback at times. A couple other examples of the difference between a complaint and a criticism. So here would be somebody giving a criticism. Hey, why can't you be more responsible? I told you a thousand times not to spend too much money on things that you buy and you did it again. You're always so irresponsible. We've got that, right? In our lives, a lot of people that may not adhere to some of the agreements around finances and we've become critical and judgmental and it comes out in this type of criticism. So one way to say a complaint, to give feedback that still has a good boundary around it, that is still telling your partner that you're not okay with this. So to turn that one around would be something to the effect of, hey, you bought this chair for more money than we agreed we would spend. I'm upset that you didn't stay within the budget that we agreed. Could you please return it and buy one that is within our budget? See, so it's talking about again, the behavior, the feelings around the behavior, and also the resolution, the action that you would request and want the person to do to change the behavior instead of being critical and name-calling and globalizing the person's personality in a very detrimental manner. So you can give that feedback in, let's say, three short sentences, talk about the behavior that just happened, and it's really good to Think about what a video camera can pick up a video camera can't pick up you were irresponsible you were lazy a video camera cannot pick that up a video camera can pick up hey you just walked by the kitchen and there were dishes in the dish sink and you didn't even go to wash them right that's very different than you are irresponsible or you are lazy That's a characterization. So then the second sentence, you wanna talk about how you feel. And when you did that, I feel discarded or disrespected and upset and angry. You don't have to go on and on and explain and say why you're feeling it. You just name some emotions. And then the third sentence is you just tell them what you want this behavior to change. You make a request. The next time you walk by the sink and you see dirty dishes in it, I would like you to please go ahead and wash them. That's a very upfront request. Just leave it at that. But what happens is when people just start talking around it and defending it and talking more, all of that gets whitewashed, it just gets washed away. The impact is just keeping those three sentences, what the behavior was, how you felt about it, and the request that you want changed and just let that digest. You could talk about it later, but that's a very powerful, constructive feedback. I know I need to do a a whole episode on this, but don't get me started about how parents talk to kids. This shows up so much with how parents talk to their kids. They're so critical many times. So you parents out there, Go ahead and have some self-compassion, but also really watch. There's so many different ways to give feedback to your kids because this is the constant message they're going to be getting. I am not enough. I don't do it the right way. And people that are usually criticized then have that in their minds that's about themselves. And so they go ahead and criticize others. Just think about that. If you criticize other people a lot, just think, did you grow up with that? Probably so. We don't want to pass that shit on. We need to give room for people to make some mistakes. You know, what matters in a relationship is not that things get done according to who is right. What matters is that two people are dedicated to contributing to each person's happiness and well-being, not to denigrate and shame. So it is a practice. You know, When we don't see ourselves as being critical because we think that we're trying to be helpful by explaining how to do things correctly, it's a real practice to be able to reflect back on ourselves and think, you know, was that critical? Is there another way that I can give that feedback? Or even ask, hey, are you available to have feedback on this? Are you available for some observations that I just saw? That's great because that's not giving unsolicited advice and the other person could very well say, yeah, I'm open to hear what you saw. My wife and I, we, do, we would do that very often when maybe we saw a certain behavior that one of us would demonstrate to our son, and a little bit afterwards, we would, one of us would say to them, hey, are you open to some feedback that I saw in your conversation with Xander? And we knew that it was going to be some feedback. It was going to be probably some challenges But it's much better to ask it so that you can be available instead of being defensive and being judgmental back. And then that blame game just goes back and forth. Oh, and here's another one I just thought about is, you know, when you sit down to discuss a complaint, stick to one complaint per discussion. Don't go on and on about, oh, yeah, and this and you always do this this way. And your mother even says that you do this. One complaint at a time. Stay focused. Don't get sidetracked by also perhaps your partner's counter punches that come, the defensiveness that comes back. Don't get sidetracked. You know, you can let your partner know that you'd be glad to address their concern in a different conversation. but right now, you want to focus on the issue of sharing this particular focus, this particular issue. Great tool. If the conversation starts going downhill, pause. Set up another time to revisit the issue. Because when two people are escalating, it's out of control. You really want to taper down that escalation. You're not going to be able to cover anything and it's not going to be constructive at all when there's escalation. And the term stay focused may sound like one of the simplest things, but it's not. Because again, both in a loving relationship and a working relationship. It requires considerable motivation, a lot of self observation, and a practice to keep a conversation that's focused on one issue at a time with also an eye towards creative problem solving. I call it more a transformational process, not just a resolution process. Because if you are kind and considerate and open to see the person in a positive light, that's a transformational process for your relationship. It's just not about going to one aspect of a resolution to resolve an issue because usually when we just focus on resolving one issue, there's always another issue to be resolved. We have to take in account of who we are talking to. This person is very, very important to us in our lives. Are we acting accordingly? Are we feeding the relationship when we're gonna be given a complaint? Are we bettering the relationship with the focus of how we're gonna give this complaint? Again, it's not just to get something done. And I know that some of you think, well, how do I do that in my busy life? It's like, well, you gotta slow down. Because when we're stressed out and busy, there's a lot of collateral damage that's gonna happen to relationships. Giving constructive feedback Doing it in a grounded way, in a caring way, in a focused way, that will benefit your relationship and the growth of that is more important than just being able to get it out so that your partner knows what's going on with you and that you're disturbed. You know, changing the way you think about the most important person in your life is hard work and it takes practice. And one way to practice is to hang around other people that don't just feed in, let's say, the gossiping of demeaning ways about talking about the opposite sex or that really encourages you to be critical by hearing them constantly being critical about other people. So it's kind of like relationship hygiene. Who do you want to hang around with? More critical people, because that's a habit. And you'll probably get that. Remember how easy it is to just feed off of it. Or do you want to hang out with people that are also really focused on being more constructive in the way that they're looking at a situation? I want to be around people that have a positive attitude, let's say, towards their partners and their kids, because it's very encouraging for me. And so for the work that I do, being around couples that are constantly judging each other and having critical thoughts of each other, boy, I've got to really counteract that in my own head and thinking about my relationship with my wife or my son or people around me. That's why, again, appreciation is my go-to. I really focus throughout the whole day really thinking about positive, appreciative thoughts of the people in my life so those critical thoughts are dialed way down and they don't become a habit. And remember, habits die if they're not practiced. So if you're in a critical habit, if you don't practice it, if you don't have it in your mind over and over, that habit will die. As well as anger is a habit. As well as appreciation is a habit. So if you're not practicing that, if you're not practicing positive, constructive feedback, if you're not practicing that, that habit will die. If you are in the habit of, let's say, smiling a lot, then many things will make you smile. right? If you are say suspicious a lot, then many things will make you suspicious. So if you think critically of your partner a lot, your partner will make you angry a lot. But it's not our partner that's making it, it's our habit of being critical that keeps that anger and criticism warm and ready. All the best to you on dialing that criticism down and really question whether there is constructive criticism I don't think so. And one aspect is when you're focusing on criticism just in itself, even if it's constructive criticism, it's still criticism. So it would be interesting just to even change that vocabulary. So I support you all in this new practice, in this focus. Be kind to yourself, less judgmental and less critical of yourself so that will come out in being more open and more curious and interested and looking for more positive solutions in your interactions with other people. Okay, everybody, thanks for listening, and make yourselves a beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more on licensed professional counselor, Prepo Teplitsky, visit heartsharecounseling.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk at AdiTheMonk.com. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling and psychotherapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Relationships, let's talk about it, is produced by Podcraft. Create your own great podcast today, faster and easier at Mm podcraft.us.